0: you listen the later it gets you're listening to voice america kids Remember my name. everybody is entitled to their 15 minutes of fame now you'll get to hear some of those people share their wisdom and insight on the fame game on voice america kids
1: now here's your host maddie rose Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm your host, Maddie Rose. We have a very special guest today. His name is Tony Stiles. And, Tony, it looks like not only are you an award-winning entrepreneur, philanthropist, abolitionist, media commentator, and national radio show host, I mean, you have a lot on your plate, and you definitely have many hats.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely do, but it's, it's one of those things where I, I, I wear them well.
1: Oh, I love I'm, to hear I'm, that. <laughs> you got to own it.
2: <laughs> yeah, Absolutely what it's, it's really It's really been, uh, I've collected these hats over time, and uh, I just can't seem to get rid of them. I get a bug inside me with the with the whole radio thing. Of course, you know, you get a bug inside you, and you got to keep on going with that. And then you start a business, you start two businesses, you start three businesses, you start four businesses, and you keep on going. And, you know, you start working with charities, and you start working with two charities, and three charities, and four charities. And next thing you know, you're, you're 35 like I am, and, and uh, it's been you know, about fifteen years I guess. I would consider uh, about twenty two years I guess of adulthood that I've had. Uh, long story. But it's, it's been uh, collected over time and I can't imagine I can't imagine my life without it because if I if I had to sit on my hands all day and, and not do anything I'd probably be I'd probably be in jail.
1: <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. No, I totally understand. I'm one of those people too. You just got to keep going. You got to find something that you love to do. You know, keep your time productive. And no, I think that that is absolutely wonderful that you have many hats. And I do so appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on my show.
2: Yeah, it's my pleasure, Maddie. I I'm really, I'm really excited to be on with you. Gosh, you, know, you have a lot going
1: on, too. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, right now I'm kind of in the center of chaos because Ms. Arizona is almost here. And I swear, it's just like, you know, from the gowns to the alterations and you name it, earrings breaking. It's all there. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know all about it. I've had cousins running and I've had girlfriends running, things like that. and oof,
1: Fabulous. Man, so, so you get a uh, taste. It, it's,
2: it's stressful. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good time to, this sounds terrible, this is absolutely awful, but it's a real good time to dump a girl just before she starts running for that kind of thing because they get stressful.
1: Oh my gosh, it is so stressful. No, I totally get it. I'm in that mix right now. <laughs> yeah, but, any, well, but anyways, Tony, Um. so tell me a little bit more about being an entrepreneur. How did you get involved with that and um, what did you make a business out of?
2: Well, the first thing I did, I was about 16 years old. And this was back in the '90s, sometime around when you were born, I imagine. And the, uh, they had this thing that was out called the internet, and people wanted these things called uh, web pages. And everybody was building web pages, so I didn't really want to get into that. I had some friends that told me that they had an idea that they wanted to take web pages and uh, try to try to change the way that they're designed. Instead of building brand new web pages, they would they wanted to make a uh, just stationary almost on the screen and plug in the information on top of it, which eventually became the, the, uh, the template website is, is what it was called. And so we, uh, we had into that and, uh, we, uh, we made money on that pretty well. Put me through college and I, uh, started some more businesses and went off on some adventures and it just, uh, kind of, I don't know, it was like a snowball effect. I ended up with, I Ended up working with about uh, 25 countries, 20, in, in about 25 countries with about 50 different businesses.
1: Wow! Uh, all,
2: all continents, and, uh, and just one thing after another. There, of course, there's failure, there's success, but uh, I'm I'm happy to say that uh, that every success that I've had, I have learned less from than I have the failures
1: for sure and i like how you you brief us on that too because i think that when people see successful entrepreneurs they think oh you know they got lucky it was an easy ride but honestly everybody faces those bumps along the road and it's truly about oh, getting yeah. over that and then you know succeeding later i think you appreciate it more that way for sure
2: oh yeah absolutely it it was it was definitely a ride for me and there's some there's some terrible things that that, uh, that I did wrong and I look back at it and went, man, you know, if I just would change things, but you can't, you know, sometimes you fail, you just have to accept the failure. And sometimes you get offered these great things and you look at it and you laugh at the guy because he wants you to invest in something that's ridiculous. <laughs> and he turns around, he turns it into a million, you know, million or billion dollar business. I had a guy come to me once and tell me that he wanted to, he wanted to uh, give people DVDs out of a, out of a box like, a, like an ATM machine. And I told him he was crazy. And he oh, really? Out. Yeah. And, and now, now he runs Redbox.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, because I was going to say, I was like, that sounds a lot like Redbox, you know. Yeah.
2: (laughs) There's there's things like that that you miss out on. You really kick yourself. But, you know, you you just have to take it as it comes.
1: For sure. And I I also think that it's exciting to meet people like that because you think uh, in the moment, like you said, you know, oh, this isn't a good idea. But then you watch them succeed and you're like, you know what? Probably just should have invested in, or probably should have given it a second thought. But it brings more light, definitely, yeah. to the the perspectives that you give on other businesses as well as your own. I imagine.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there's been you know, there's there's been things like that. And there's been massive failures where you know you end up trusting somebody and they, they turn out to be a, a real scumbag and they they run run a business into the ground and take all your money. Had that happen, you know, you just have to you kind of have to roll with it and, and not let anything get you down. You, know, you just have to learn from the from the mistakes.
1: Sure. And also, Tony, going a little bit more into some of the hats that you wear, um, you're a national radio show host. So how did that come about and what do you like about radio? (laughs) I know I totally know what you mean, though, by getting bit by the radio bug, because when I first started, I was like, "Mm, probably it's not for me because I never thought about being in radio before. And six years later, here we are. So
2: (laughs) that speaks for itself. That's that's the funny thing. Everybody, Everybody thinks the radio is filled with ugly people. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going to be cocky and we're, we're not ugly. Oh,
1: you know, I hope it's, not. It's, it's, oh, there's, I hope there's, not.
2: <laughs> there's, there's pretty people on the radio. You can do it. Absolutely. I love the radio. It, it's always been something that I, that I love. I, I grew up a uh, small town, just outside of Omaha, Nebraska. Sure. My dad had an installation contracting company and I, I used to ride around with him back when I was homeschooled between about third grade and, and ninth grade. And you'd always listen to talk radio and it was always political talk radio and news talk radio. And I, I, uh, I didn't realize it, but I was kind of getting trained to talk about that kind of stuff. And I don't like politics, but I can I like to talk them. And what happened was, uh, let's see, it was about 2012, and I was working at a, uh, I was working at, with a charity, I was working at St. Jude's, uh, doing a radio thon at a local radio station in Omaha. And I was answering phones and taking donations. Uh, a couple people from my company were there with me. And the new, station manager came in and he said, you have a good voice. Do you have any political opinions? And I said, I have, I, I don't think you'd like them. And he <laughs> said, well, that's even better. you want to come in and talk? And I said, sure. And I came in, I did a couple of guest spots and they said, we have a spot on Saturday. Would you like to like to give it a shot? And I thought, well, you know, why not? And I gave that a shot and then about nine months later I was syndicated nationally and then uh, about, a, about a year after that I was on you know just over 100 stations and I just kept on going and kept on going, and uh, in October, this past October, I had a contract sitting in front of me, and and, uh, it was for another five years, and I had done missionary work after college, and I always had my friends tell me, you know, if you want to come back and help us out, we'd love to have you. So I, uh, I, I kept on hearing them say that, and they kept on asking me over and over again, and I had that contract in front of me, and I thought, "When is the right time going to be? If I sign this, it's going to be five more years before I can go off." So uh, I prayed about it and, and looked at it and pushed it off the side, and I sent them an email and I said, "Where are you guys at?" They said, "We're in Cambodia," and I said, "All right, I'm uh, I'm heading to Cambodia."
1: <laughs> that is a great now, story.
2: Yeah, it, it really it really kind of it's really kind of different. And now from that, I've I've started an organization and. Have a new uh, new contract in front of me where I don't have to do live radio anymore. It's going to be more human interest stuff, and I'm helping battle the human trafficking issue that's out there around the world. And I get to take my radio equipment with me and a producer, and we get to uh, we get to record on the road little segments and talk uh, talk to people and tell their stories about uh, about their success in life after uh, after overcoming all the odds.
1: Wow. Well I, I definitely love that. And hey, it's funny how sometimes things can find you. It's like the whole radio thing. It's when you least expect it and then bam, it's in your face and sure. then you never can get away from it.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's it's really true. And, and it just opportunities keep on rising. I get I get somebody calling about some kind of radio show uh, about about once a week and finally I got I got the call of the one that I that I wanted. You know, getting away from politics and, and doing, doing human interest Cause radio is a funny thing. Once you get your voice out there, if you, if you're talking politics, there's people that are going to love you and there's people that are going to hate you. And there's people that are going to want to hate you enough to try to kill you. Yes. I've been, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been at speeches and I've had people come up behind me and hit me over the head with things. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've, you know, recently I had somebody with a gun in, in my backyard.
1: Oh my gosh. No uh, way. That's yeah. nuts. Oh, yeah, oh my absolutely. gosh. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. So now I have a, uh, you know, I so whenever I go in public, I you know I turn off I turn off my location on my on uh, my cell phone on social media because yeah, you know, nobody needs to know where I'm at. It's just like I don't even understand why they have that. <laughs> it Doesn't make any sense to me. It's like come assassinate me. Oh
1: my god. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is I not a good thing.
2: I, I take a bodyguard with me almost almost everywhere if I if I go give speeches. I know the people are going to know. Where
1: I'm at. very nice. No, I think that safety precautions are very important and uh, at least you have that talent about speaking about politics. It takes, you know, a type of person to be able to say what they want to say and expressfully say it um, you know, with dignity. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, you don't—you know, you don't necessarily have to. You, you know, you have Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump out there talking all the time. They—they they don't know what the hell they're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> very interesting election this year. Very interesting, <laughs> yeah. might I add. <laughs> but yep. very cool, Tony. I love hearing about all the stuff that you're doing. And it looks like we're ready to take a break. So let's go ahead and do that really quick. Keep it right here. You're listening to the Fame Game. Kids Safe, Mother Approved, you're listening to Voice America Kids.
0: Marsh Angle Radio is the place for asking the big questions at the center of your success. From ways to fire up a lifestyle of your dreams to the most awe-inspired ideas to launch your entrepreneurial destiny. Marsh Angle Radio is designed to shake up the ordinary, catapult your creativity, and give focus to your passions. Marsh has helped thousands, and she's ready to help you, too. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel.
1: You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring.
0: You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America
1: Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm Maddie Rose, and we're back with Tony Styles. So, like I said, Tony has worn many, many hats, but he does it very well. Um, We were just talking about, you know, being in the radio, what it means to be in the media, and some of the, um, I guess, exciting but yet interesting run-ups he's had with other people and um tony I-, I love that you were going into you know your philanthropy work i think philanthropy is so important and i kind of want to see how you feel about that and how other people can get involved and why it's nice to actually you know take action
2: well, oh yeah absolutely that we've we've uh oh gosh i don't even know where to start and I get asked this all the time, and it's it's a, it's kind of a battle for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting involved, of course, is something everybody needs to do. And, and what I'm battling right now is uh, is human traffickers and, and modern day slavery. Right now, we have more slaves in the world right now than there were during the entire three hundred plus years of the Atlantic slave trade.
0: Wow, there's
2: more people living in slavery, and we just turned a blind eye. It's a it's the second largest uh, crime. In the in the whole world, outside of uh, outside of drugs and arms trafficking, and it makes thirty-five billion dollars a year, and people don't hear about it because the media doesn't pay attention to it. They know about it, of course. They know about it. They know how big it is. Anybody that's a journalist that doesn't understand the human trafficking world, uh, and they'll tell you straight out they want to report on it. They just can't. People tend to turn turn the channel because it's uncomfortable. And the whole idea behind uh, you know selling a magazine or selling a. Uh, selling a newspaper or or selling um, selling anything you know being being on the, on television or on the radio when you, when you start talking about things that are uncomfortable people tend to turn the channel and I, I urge people not to do that because it's a very important topic it's a topic that's that's very broadly ignored on purpose because the, you know the, everything runs on money and if you if you turn the channel you know you don't make money on the commercials.
1: Yes, that's true. And so what are you doing to help this situation?
2: What I've done is I've started a new foundation. It's called the Arrows Foundation. And you can find that. It's at freedomarrows.org is where that's at. What we're doing is I'm taking my, my business knowledge, my, my old venture capital knowledge that I have, and I'm, I've handpicked about five different charities around the, around the world. Uh, that I'm going to be working with and visiting. What all of them have in common is they are fighting human trafficking. What else? What, the other thing they have in common is that they, are, uh, that they really have a lot of passion, it, but they don't know how to run a charity. A charity is, is a business, just the same as any other business. And people want to run it on, on happiness and sunshine, but it just doesn't run on that. It runs on, it runs on money, and it runs like a business. And you have to be able to know how to do that. So what I'm doing is I'm finding these people that have just amazing passion, but they're failing only because they don't have the organizational skills. So I'm going over there uh, to South Africa coming up in July, and then Sierra Leone in in uh, in August in part of September to meet two organizations there and stay with them for a month and get get them organized, be their training wheels for a little while and help them learn how to do this the right way and go off to, uh, to the other three later on in the year. And I'm going to be helping out and keep on visiting those until the training wheels can come off and they can ride their bike on, the, on their own. And the idea behind it, the great idea behind it, is that what we're doing is we're creating a large network of all these different charities all around the world that are all fighting for the same cause. And now they have the same organizational skills and they know how to fight it. And they're using the same tools so they can help each other.
1: I love it. It's a great idea. I mean, I've always said that one person make, can make a huge difference, but if you take a large group of people, imagine what you can do with so many hands. And I think it's the yeah. same thing with organizations. I hear so much through organizations, even that I work with, that you know sometimes they can get competitive. But I truly think that if you have a common interest, you should just work together and you'd get so much further You know, working together, binding your connections, you name it
2: especially if they're passionate people. You know, I mean, we have a lot of people that are running organizations very, very well, and they're making a lot of money doing so. But they have no passion. Their, their passion is, is more, uh, more marketing or, or uh, just having a, having a name for themselves rather than helping, uh, helping the cause they're, they're dealing with. But these people that I'm helping, they have, they have passion. They have drive. And they just need to learn how to how to run it like a business. And once they do, it's going to be amazing. Once we teach these people that have the passion to do this, it's going to really take off.
1: Absolutely, I think so as well. And just to take a step aside from that too, I know you're mentioning all the different countries that you're going to be able to travel through um, on this experience of helping those various organizations. Do you ever experience culture shock? You know, like going to different places. I'm curious to know.
2: I've been doing this a long time, so uh, going around and in, in, uh, even with business, just going places, and doing things. Uh, it's yeah, it can be. It depends on where you're at. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of city areas. It's all going to kind of feel the same, but then there's places. You know, you get into the jungle of, of Peru, or you end up uh, in the jungles of, of Cambodia, and it can it can change it. You know, like there's there's just floating cities, literal floating cities. People that live on boats. Wow. entire cities and in, in floodplains in Cambodia where that's just where they live.
1: Wow.
3: Hmm.
2: And they float around and there's, there's businesses on a boat and they come by and they ask you, you want some lunch? And they're cooking soup and they you know, <laughs> scoop it up. and it, It's very strange. There's, there are places that uh, I don't get the culture shock, but I'm, I'm always amazed to see how people live because there's, there's some really different situations out there that we uh, just would blow people's minds. The boat one was, was one of the most unique that I saw. I I had no, I had no idea that people were just building houses on, on boats and floating around in a floodplain.
1: Hmm. I mean, I'm the first to hear about this as well. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm <laughs> like, what? There's actually, that exists? But of course, I think yeah. it's just one of those things you've got to venture out and see it for yourself, and then you truly believe it.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I started looking it up on YouTube afterwards, and I'm like, yeah, people people uh, have taken videos of this, and it's, it's unbelievable. Another thing that, that kind of shocks me, I guess there is shock value in, in food sometimes because mm-hmm. you, a lot of times you don't want to know what you're eating. You just, you're with a family and they serve you something and you're like, oh, this doesn't look right, <laughs> but I'm going to eat it because they, they gave it to me and I'm going to smile and sometimes it's just it's just awful and you don't want to ask. And, and sometimes I make, I, after I'm done eating, sometimes I'll ask then and I've, I've had some surprises. Oh, yeah. You know, I've, I, there's There's been some rough ones, yeah, where it's been like... Uh, oh let's see uh deep fried tarantula
1: oh my or, goodness no thank you
2: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> yes or um let's see oh this was this was terrible this is this is probably gonna make you make you sad uh I, they i was eating uh i was eating a um like a steak and they when they when i got done it was really greasy and grizzly and they told me that, yeah, that, that 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 it was a that it was a dog oh,
1: oh my gosh i know I know. And They
2: don't see it as a pet. That's, that's food to them. You well, know? that they is true.
1: It. I mean, different cultures, different delicacies. I, I definitely get that, so I won't be judgy about that at uh, all. Uh, I know uh, that it definitely yeah. saddens people, um, but I mean, some countries, they just have different food types. I mean, even my own culture being half Filipino, uh, we eat some interesting things, like one of the dishes is Dinigoan and it is yep. pig blood, and you know what? I like yep. it because I've been eating it since I was younger, so it's okay. <laughs> if you had told me it that is, now... It's really good. Yeah, it's really Really good. I wouldn't have tried it now probably because, you know, who wants to eat that just every day? But you know, it was totally fine now. It's normal.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's completely normal. You know, yeah, different cultures have different things. Yeah, that's that's a that is good food though. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to the Philippines a couple times. It's always it's always amazing.
1: Oh awesome. See, as somebody their, who's never been out of the country, I'm just like, Yes, let's travel.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And you're know, in the uh um what is it? The uh the, the other circuit. Of a, of a competition, yeah, the other passion. the 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 Miss, they uh, they have out in, out in the Philippines. They just have the most beautiful girls coming and and competing in in world and universe. Oh from there. yes.
1: No, in other
2: it's, it's unbelievable.
1: Definitely. They are some of the most beautiful women that I've seen and I love how poised that they are. I mean, I have to say I'm a little biased because Pia is like my mix right now, the Miss Universe <laughs> and she's just a fabulous representative. I mean, she has such a genuine heart. Um, she's truly, you know, taking her job and making some change with it. I know she's working with like HIV and AIDS over in the Philippines and it's nice to see that, you know, when people do have titles, they're actually using it for good.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's there's definitely uh, some some amazing work to be done in that realm out there. I've, I've seen firsthand they have a they have a lot of I don't I don't want to get into all this, but I'm going to say it anyways. There's a sure. there's a lot of the, there's a lot of pretty girls that turn out to be pretty boys out of the Philippines, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they uh they have a there's a big problem with uh, with in the in the uh, in the gay community with with, their, uh, with the AIDS out there. It's uh, it's good that there's people going out there and, and helping out with it. Yes. Very. It's it's it's, it's it's growing instead of subsiding out there. It's one of the places that's growing more.
1: Yes, I, I have also heard about that, too. And, yes, it's nice that people are going out there and helping. I mean, it just all comes down to, you know, how culture is evolving. I think even American culture, like, it is definitely not the same that it was, like, two decades ago. Like, a lot, oh, has, changed. A lot oh, has changed. A lot has <laughs> changed.
2: Yeah, before before you were born, sweetie, there's, uh, there is there is all kinds of rumors about how you could get AIDS. They're like, it could be airborne at some point. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people are scared to death.
1: For sure, for sure. No, I totally understand that. But with that being said, we do have to take another quick little break. So let's go ahead and do that. Keep it right here. You're listening to The Fame Game. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
0: Our voices need to be heard. Tune in every week for Women Investing in Women and Girls. This is a groundbreaking program that spotlights global issues from the perspectives of young women and teens. Our program is aimed at young listeners in general, including young men who wish to be engaged in our global dialogues. Come join us every Friday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for Women Investing in Women and Girls and follow the global economic revolution on the
3: Voice America Kids channel. Do you sometimes feel overwhelmed, anxious, or stressed beyond your limit? You can stand above it all, whether it's illness, fatigue, distress, or failure. Keep in mind that you are better than all that. Listen for infinitely powerful women with host Dr. Julianne Blake. Each week, you'll learn how to stay calm in any crisis, fend off illness, and increase personal and professional success in a completely natural way. Tune in every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Women's Channel.
0: Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids Channel. Your hosts, the Kids First film critics, preview all the latest movies before they're released, interview stars on the red carpet, and share their reviews with you so you can make informed decisions about what you select to see. Our reporters, ages 7 to 16, will bring you a kid's perspective on these films. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids.
1: Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
0: You're tuned in to Maddie Rose and the Fame Game on the Voice America Kids channel. Now, let's get back to our show.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. So we're back with Tony right now. We're having some really good conversation. And Tony, I see on your website that um, you have an old French proverb on here, and I I really like it. It says, to believe a thing impossible is to make it so. And so I kind of want you to talk about that because I feel that you are just so passionate about what you do, and I really appreciate that. I think that, you know, when you're working with different charities or just any job in general, you truly should put your heart into it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's something that, People don't realize. They always tell me, you know, oh, well, you're going to fight human trafficking, but it's never going to, it's never going to end. Well, that's the kind of attitude that makes it not end. You know, if I'm going to go out and fight for anything, I, I need to believe that I that I can do it. You know, it's, it's the same with anything. If I'm going to start a company, I want to believe that I can do it. If, if I believe that I can't, then why am I even trying? There, it makes no sense. It's such a defeatist attitude, and uh, just, that can't be in your head ever. Whenever you do anything, you have to you have to have the confidence that you that, you, that it can be done. Maybe you don't know how to do it. That's fine. But at least have the attitude of it can be done. You know, there, there, there might be things that can't be done. You know, time travel might be a hard one. I may not be able to accomplish that. But, you know, gosh, I'd like to believe that it's possible. I really would. And if, if, uh, if somebody has the secret to that, then that's, that's perfect. But I, I don't want to stop believing that, that, there's, that anything is possible. And I, I believe that in, in all realms of my life, whether it be uh, in business or in charity or even, even in faith. I, I just I, I like to keep things open, and I like to I like to believe that anything anything at all is, is absolutely possible. It, but to make to to believe that it's not just that's the surefire way to make sure that it never happens.
1: One hundred percent. I one hundred percent agree with you on that. I just think it's it's one of those things. It's like that self talk. When you tell yourself that you can do something, you're more likely to do it than you know doubting yourself or just saying, "Oh no, it's not possible. I can't do this." The whole "I can't" attitude is just not going to (laughs) work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's very true. And you know, uh, something I learned through through having this mentality is is that if you if you put something out there in the world, if you say something that you that you want. If you, if you make it known, uh, it's, it's far more likely that people are going to go along with it and, and and help do that. But if you keep it to yourself, uh, you know, like, uh, some sort of ambition, like for me, something that I had was, was starting a, a charity that, that helped, uh, people that were enslaved. And I, I wanted to do that and I knew people that were doing it and I wanted to help and I knew how I could help. I knew what my skill set was. And, uh, I never said anything, it just was always in my head and then finally one day I I, I said it out loud and somebody said, oh, that's a good idea, you should do that I know somebody, I know a lawyer that could help you with that and that lawyer turned into, you know, two more people and three more people and it just kind of developed on its own and there's been things that happen like that all the time Uh, you know, you you have to put it out in the world you have to say what you want, otherwise people aren't going to know because you never know who's going to have exactly the right keys to the car that you want to drive
1: Yes, this is true information (laughs) Yeah, absolutely I, I mean I think it's a good point to bring up too like you said, um, it's funny how things can evolve and things can develop and I'm so glad that you've found success in your charitable organization so far because like you said, it, it's such a great cause to you know be a part of be help because there yeah. is assistance that is needed with it. I mean, truly, people are not taking care of it enough, and I think it all comes down to that beginning factor, too. With any type of philanthropy, uh, it's the conversation that just needs to be sparked. And once you get people talking about it, then it truly becomes a priority or at least a you know, topic of interest.
2: Absolutely, and that's, that's 100% true. You know, every five seconds, there's somebody bought or sold into slavery in the world. Every five seconds.
1: That's crazy.
2: Just in the time, yeah, in the time that the, that I said that to the time that I'm stopping right now, there was there's uh, there's been three. It's insane. I know. People just don't. Uh, yeah, you have to have the you have to have the conversations about it, and people people will get will become aware. And I, I really urge people to to check it out. If not my my organization, look at look at other organizations. You know, find one that that fits. But definitely do something, get into the fight a little bit. And something that happened great just today was uh, yesterday. I was, I was told by the charity in South Africa that I'm going to help out. Uh, they, they gave me a list of things they needed, and they said they needed tablets, you know, like little electronic tablets. And I thought, well, you know, that would be useful. I can see that being very useful on the road and doing things. And I thought, all right, well, let's let's get some tablets. And I thought, well, you know, I'll raise some money for tablets. And I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to put it out there, just like I was talking before. And I put it out there on, uh, on Facebook. I'm like, hey, anybody got some tablets? And within an hour, somebody said, yeah, I'll send you five of them. Wow. And we had, on the doorstep today, there's five brand new tablets.
1: Very nice. I like yeah, hearing stories you know, like that. It's it community out there, outreach no. at its finest.
2: <laughs> yeah, it really is. It absolutely is. No. Gosh, I, you know, I, I, have a, I have a hard time being a radio show host and, and, and not uh, not interviewing you.
1: Oh, yeah? <laughs> You're like, Maddie, let's talk about you now. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, yeah, we, we can. I think that would be a very fun thing to do. If, if, you, if I can turn it around, would that be all right with you? Do you have a couple minutes?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: All right. <laughs> uh, like, like I said, I'm, I'm Tony Styles, and I'm talking Maddie Roach here the a fame game, and I get to be uh, I get to be a little bit of a host right now. Oh yes, this is some, fun. Some, some questions to Maddie here. Uh, you're up for uh, for Miss Arizona, right now. You are what is it, Miss North Phoenix? Is I that am it is?
1: Miss North Phoenix. How does
2: it, yeah, I'm sure you've talked about this on other things, but how that come about? I know you've been involved from a very young age, and you've won titles before. And I've been looking at your resume, and I think you definitely have a shot at it this year of, of getting the whole thing and going off and and maybe even taking the whole thing all the way to all the way to America. uh, What what drives you and how did that start? how would I get started.
1: Well, thank you. No, I really appreciate that. Well, I got started in, in pageants at 13. It was something that I've always wanted to do. I started taking vocal lessons off and on since I was eight years old, and basically in elementary school, I asked my parents, hey, can I join pageants? And they said, mm, no, I think you should wait. And so finally, 13 came along, and I was like, come on, let me join a pageant. Like, please, just let me join it one time. I know we're new to this, but let's go ahead and do this. And so we did, and it was through the United States system, and because of my radio background, I actually Ended up winning by one point. An interview, um, my very first title, which was Miss Junior Teen Arizona, United States. And little did I know that a year later I would become involved in the Miss America program. And I basically it was a it was a last minute decision. Um, I overnighted my paperwork. Thankfully, I had the guidance and support of a former Miss Arizona, and she said, "Okay, we're going to train you for Miss Arizona's Outstanding Teen. Are you ready?" And I didn't really know how to respond to that because I was just new to it. I didn't you know didn't have any formal training. This is the first time I ever had a coach, anything like that. And then, you know, by the stroke of luck, I won Miss Arizona's Outstanding Teen, and I've just been so invested in the organization. It's because of their values. I mean, service and scholarship, everything How that they stand How old are you right for. now, Maddie? I'm 18. You're 18? I'm 18.
2: You just got out of, got out of high school there. Yes,
1: I graduated. Wow. Yep, just recently. That? And I have a year of college it. under my belt.
2: <laughs> you know, you're. That, that's exactly what i was i was thinking probably had happened you're you're one of those types I'm guessing you're probably at the top of your class too
1: um i i did graduate as valedictorian i did uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was lots of late nights lost sleep and cups of coffee but it was so worth it
2: <laughs> so where where do you, uh, i i'm gonna ask the tough questions now where where do boys become involved in this i mean how does how does that come about do you even do you even have time for that
1: Well, I mean, I think that a social life is always important to have. I definitely do think a social life is important, but you know what? In having a social life, I've really surrounded myself with really great people that understand my schedule and understand the type of person that I am. So, you know, if I'm like, hey, gotta go to rehearsal, they're not gonna get upset. So, I think it's finding the right people to surround yourself with. That's
2: that's such a pageant answer.
1: But it's not, though, because (laughs) I found, I have truly found Tony, I have truly found people that support me in what I do. I have had friends that I'm just like, "All right, look, I got lots of training to do, I am tired, I have homework to do, because at the time I was like taking high school classes upon college classes, and then I was Miss Northfield doing event to event, and sometimes you just don't have time to go out, and that's perfectly fine. It's a sacrifice, but at the same time, it's having really great friends that understand, and they're like, alright, Maddie, we'll plan a different time, and I'm like, thank you, I appreciate that. Did you
2: even get a chance <laughs> to be a teenager at
1: all? I did get a chance to be a teenager. I th- I mean, I grew up with two big brothers, so let's let's be real. They they keep it, you know, they, they keep me on my toes, let's just say. <laughs> all
3: right.
1: And so, um, I think it I don't know. I just I think that this is exactly what I was meant to do, and I've really loved doing it. Especially being on the radio, I've really grown up as a person. If you look to my very first radio show on the podcast online, uh, you, you will not hear the same person, nor will you oh, see the same person. I'm with you
2: there, 100. Wow, it it's great. it's not because
1: I look <laughs> at that and I'm like, uh, who is that? And truly, it's. You know, somebody else, somebody who was much younger, somebody who was inexperienced, who was just truly trying to find her voice. And I feel like now you can't shut me up.
2: <laughs> yeah, you definitely got it. You, you definitely have the gift for it. And what's the what's the, what's next for you after this? So let's say let's say you, uh, you you go all the way, you win the whole thing, the whole shebang, you get all the way there, and then it's 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 post Miss America Maddie, and you give your crown away to somebody else, and then, then what do you do? Then what's next? Is it college?
1: Yes, it would definitely be college. So, being Miss Arizona or Miss America, I would have to defer for the year. And that's totally fine because I am on track for my degree with the one year of college under my belt. But um, right after, I would jump right into college. Um, I actually got accepted into ASU Walter Cronkite Downtown Phoenix, which is the School of Journalism and Mass Communications. Oh, I'm yeah, also yeah, part so. of, you know, Barrett Honors College. So, I'm still keeping up with my honors courses, uh, you know, to do some enrichment contracts, maybe study abroad, you name it, just some cool things with that. And so yeah, I'm getting my BA in broadcast journalism and mass communications and then I am minoring in PR and strategic communications. So, it kind all right, of so all came from the radio. Are you
2: heading into sports casting are you going to head uh, into e-news or are you going over to Fox or what, what's your Oh, I would what's, what's
1: dream? Oh, oh, oh. I would love to do e-news. I think that entertainment is is a very cool thing to do, but honestly, after, you know, seeing Politics and also talking with different newscasters and anchors who have their own perspective on like topics um, on air. I think that honestly, if I did general news, I would be perfectly happy with that. I would actually really love to try I doing local news or national news. It is very hard. And,
2: not, and not, have, uh, not, not have any sort of emotion and sit there and read the prompter. I don't know if that if that's something you'd like. I know, um, it, like, it's you know, very hard. You really, have, you really want to have a personality.
1: Yeah, and that's true, and that's why I think I kind of fall a little bit more towards entertainment, but I think that in college, I'll be able to really solidify what I want to do and, you know, through internships and various things, I'm going to really try hard to put myself in different types of situations and job opportunities and that way I'll really know by the time that I graduate, alright, this is what I want to aim for, and, you know, whether that be PR or on television, I think I'd be a girl just to have a job in the workforce
2: <laughs> absolutely well that was maddie rose and this was the this is going to conclude the Tony styles takeover of the fame game yes I'll it back to you
1: oh i love it i love it and just in time for a break too so with that being said guys let's go ahead and take a break keep it right here you're listening to the fame game We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very
0: young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids.
2: You can become your own personal GPS of your finances and your life. Check out Journey to Balancing Your Life with Brandi T. Jones. Brandy speaks from her experiences as a single mom who couldn't always make ends meet but always provided for her young daughter. Today, she can help you take that step and claim your personal and financial worth. It's time for your freedom. Listen for Journey to Balancing Your Life every
3: Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarURRadio.com.
2: successful life
0: the longer you listen the later it gets you're listening to voice america kids you're tuned in to maddie rose and the fame game on the voice america kids channel now let's get back to our show
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Fame Game. I'm Maddie Rose, and I love that Tony. I love how you just took over my show and hosted. I think that all the other radio show hosts should try and flip that on me because that was a lot of fun. I have to say. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I, I like doing that every once in a while. You know, when you when you get uh, in one of these uh, hour-long shows and you get to be the guest the entire time, like this, uh, it's you got you got to take a shot like that. It, it's a lot of fun because I, for me as a radio show host, it'd be getting. Getting interviewed, I'm I'm good at I'm good at the interview part, but I'm I'm much better at interviewing other people. And, and I get kind of interested when I'm when I'm being a guest on a show. I'm like, gee, you know, I want to I want to ask some questions. And I'm I'm constantly itching and itching, and I uh, <laughs> I, I got you got to scratch that itch. It's like you have you know like you have these you have uh, you're in a straitjacket and your nose itches.
1: Oh my you know? goodness, no, I totally feel the same way. I've had people interview me on air, and just because I'm so used to being on the radio, you know, doing it for six years now, I'm just like. Huh. I feel like what if I interviewed them right now? Like, you know, you just get curious and you're just like, hmm, I wonder what kind of questions I could ask them. So <laughs> it definitely yeah. it becomes interesting, but no, I totally feel you. And I'm glad to say that you are a very good interviewer, of course, being nationally syndicated, might I add. Yeah, you got to
2: push. Yeah, I didn't push any of your buttons or anything, but that's, that's one of the things that, that, I, that I like to do. I'm, I've always been a button pusher growing up. Had cool. a big family, and, I, and they <laughs> they always push each other's buttons. I learned how to push buttons at a very young age, and there's there's things that we that I still do. My poor poor mother.
1: Oh, bad. You know, so, <laughs>
2: so bad for her. You know, we we do things even on. Uh, we oh yeah, this past Thanksgiving we we glued the the kitchen drawers shut.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> Fabulous idea.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's she's trying to cook a meal, and she's pulling on these drawers, and she's you know she's about five about five one. Maybe uh, you know maybe 120 pounds. Sorry, Mom, I just gave that all away. And, uh, <laughs> and she is just pulling at these things, and she she didn't say anything at first. And finally, she she did, she does this thing we call it the mom dance, where she like her both of her feet come come back and forth up in the air like she's dancing in place. We call it the mom dance, and that's when we know that she's she's uh, she's angry.
1: Yeah, she's not. And that's that. always what we're <laughs> shooting for.
2: Every time all of us are together, we always try to get mom to do the mom dance.
1: Oh my goodness, that is. And nuts. that's what I'm.
2: That's what I try to do on the radio is I want to get people to do the mom dance.
1: Oh, very and nice! Hey, I, 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 I like I, that.
2: Yeah, so I want to I want to push their buttons and see see how far I can take them before they before they lose it.
1: Hey, that's nothing that's, wrong that's, with that's
2: that. That's probably why people send me hate mail. Is oh yeah, is <laughs> of that.
1: Well, hey, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that many times in yeah, no. people you know want to give you a really nice interview and they want to you know what what makes you tick and what what are you thinking inside of your head. So I honestly think that that's perfectly fine and I think that it makes it interesting. <laughs> it keeps everybody on their toes. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was interviewing one kid and I, I, I had him going pretty well, and then we took a couple phone calls and his mom called and just tore him. Oh into gosh! Me.
1: <laughs> oh wow! That's a new one. I haven't heard that one. I'm sure if my mom went on the air, I wonder what she would ask me. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you should do that sometime. M- moms are always a good interview. I used to call my mom just for fun on the radio show out of nowhere, just to embarrass her, just to oh goodness.
1: That's very cool, and Tony, I do want to talk a little bit about um, your book that I see that you're completing. I mean, that's very exciting. How how is it feeling to be an author?
2: It's it's good. It's been a, it's it's a good book too. It, it really is, and it's already it's already completed. We are going to release it in April, but with all all the things political going on, we didn't want really it to get lost in all the all the shuffle and all the marketing that's already going on with all these political books. People are more interested in politics right now and buying a book in, of this nature than, than they would be in, in a, a book like mine. Mine is geared towards people that, uh, a lot like you, you would have been the perfect target for, for this book uh, as you're graduating high school as a, as a gift at graduation or something like that. So we're going to release it next April instead. And the title of the book is Out of College, Out of Work, What They Didn't Teach You About Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness and What It Does That Walks People Through uh, how and why and uh, and the solution to the problem of universities and the government taking over together the minds of young people and teaching them to be good little corporatists instead of capitalists, instead of starting businesses and and creating jobs, they want to keep people at bay, make teach them how to work for somebody else, and keep the elites rich and keep everybody else poor.
1: That's very interesting. And, no, I mean, I totally understand what you're saying. That societal shift, and, you know, it's unfortunate that we see that happening more so in university life. And, you know, most of the jobs that we do get are through other corporations. And so, yeah. I mean, how did how did you go about making this book? What was the inspiration of it all? Did you one day just wake up and say, you know, I think I'm going to be an author today? Or how did it come about?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it came about just the, you know, well, I've always, I, don't know, I always knew there's there's been a couple books in me. Mean, I have a couple things written, I just kept on writing. I've always been a, a writer. I love to write. And this uh, this seemed like the right thing to write about. It was the right topic for the right time. What came about was uh, just the idea. I kept on looking, and I have, I have nieces and nephews that, that uh, they've even been done with college. I have lot, older sisters and brothers that are a lot older than me, and I have nieces and nephews that are closer to me in age than they are. And uh, they were getting done with college and they were always talking like, yeah, I'm going to get a job at this place and this place. And that was never anything that ever happened in my head. Never once. When I was growing up, I never thought I'm going to go to college, then I'm going to get this job, and then I'm going to do this. That was never what I had in my head. Not once. It was always, I'm going to go to school, and then I'm going to start a business. And so that's that's what I knew. That's what my dad did. That's what my grandpa did. Uh, that's what my great-grandpa did. Of course, his, his was illegal. He was making alcohol. Yeah. And- <laughs> And he died. Oh gosh! But that's a whole different story. Oh
1: yeah. gosh! <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's 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 how my family is, and my aunts and uncles are the same way, and uh, the, my cousins that are that are my age, whose parents were, were business owners, they are they do the same thing. They go off and they, they start businesses, and by doing that, you create jobs. And if you create jobs, you create more wealthy people, instead of just a few different or, uh, a few different companies out there uh, owning the world.
1: Absolutely, and I mean I've heard the wonders of entrepreneurship and just how many people have become so successful within it. And like you said, it's it's giving other people that opportunity as well to indulge in it too. And I mean, it's just all about kind of teaching them the ways of what it means to be an entrepreneur and basically find out you know what they're passionate about doing in order to create a business out of it.
2: Yeah, it's starting a business is a lot easier than what people think. You just have to have. Uh, you just have to have the right people involved. You know, if you if you don't know what you're doing, that shouldn't stop you. You know, uh, you, you can start and fail. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, it's better to have tried and failed than not tried at all and wonder for the rest of your life. Gosh, I wonder what would have happened if. And I, I I just couldn't live with myself. If I did that, and I think there's a lot of people the same way, but they just don't because it seems like uh, it, it's just not something that's taught to them. It's not taught anymore. I can't think of a single university out there that has a. Uh, a major in entrepreneurship.
1: This is true. Mostly business, but that's different.
2: It is because mm-hmm. they're teaching you to run somebody else's business.
1: Mm-hmm. That is correct. Uh, I think that's a yeah. very interesting conversation. I mean, to bring up too, and so I think that people are going to be very excited about reading your book because I think it's just what they need.
2: Oh, absolutely! It's exactly what young people need to hear, and it's coming from somebody. I'm I'm not old, but. I mean, by, by your standards, I'm probably ancient, but I'm not. No. I'm not old. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, uh, but yeah, I remember. I remember the. I remember times before the internet, and that's that's ancient. Uh, yeah, there's there's. Uh, I'm still young, relatively young, and I still remember what it was like, and I, I'm still very connected to that mindset of just out of high school and just out of college, and and and, uh, and looking at the whole world and wondering what what I was going to do and starting things up. And having all my friends think, "Well, where am I going to go to work?" And I just want to be able to teach people a lot like I am through the through the foundation I started, through Arrow's Foundation, a lot like I'm doing with the charities. I'm teaching them how to run a business. And what I want to do in that book is show people, yes, it is possible. You can do it. So get off your butt and try. Because I like otherwise, that. we're going to let we're going to let uh, we're going to let the elite and the and the government take us all over. Yes. gosh, that just doesn't sound nice.
1: Well, I like how you said it. You just got to get off your butt and try. I like that. It's very short, sweet, Good. and simple. And it's a nice Good. mantra to carry with you throughout life. And so, Tony, how can others find out more about your foundation as well as yourself?
2: Foundation is at, uh, let's see, we just launched the, the webpage uh, on uh, on Friday. The website is freedomarrows.org. And the charity is called the Arrows Foundation. And for me, if you want to find out about me, TonyStyles.com, dot com. It's Tony with a Y, Styles with an I dot com. Um, pretty much everything you need to know about me is right there. Uh, I can't imagine a lot of people really caring a whole lot about little old me. But if you want to if you want to learn something about me and, and uh, find out who I am, what this voice is all about, then you can you can go there. But the charity—that's what I really want to push right now—is because it's. Promoting myself, that's uh, that it's it's so so futile compared to what's going on in the world and I just want people to stand up and pay attention and, and throw their throw their hands in there and and make a change.
1: Absolutely. That's what it's
2: all about. We only we only live once.
1: Yes, that is. Let, very let, true. let, other,
2: people try to, let other people live too.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Tony, so much for coming on my show and talking about, you know, your foundation as well as some of your background. I think you are such an interesting person and a very fun personality. So thank you for sprucing up my show today, and I hope to see you again next time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Right back at you.
1: Very wonderful. Well, thank you, Tony. And with that being said, that is our show for today. I will see you guys next week. Thank you again for listening to The Fame Game
0: on the Voice America Kids channel. Be sure to join Maddie Rose again next week for another great show.